This is Mark Gunn Media. Hit it! Hello, my name is Mark Gunn. Welcome to Gunshots Straight from the Hip. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the host and not reflective of anyone else. Today's topic, Black Lives Matter and the Voices of the Past. Another one of the issues I've remained quiet about over the last few months has been the Black Lives Matter movement. Reason being that its very existence is enough of an indictment of America's failure to deal with its issue of race. Now, I don't need to go on a rant about America's history with race. There's enough information already. However, when someone, usually a white person, asks me why we're still talking about it, and they insist that it belongs in the past, I stand by my assertion that the problems of the past are still happening in the present. To prove this point, I'll talk about some of the different aspects of why the Black Lives Matter movement is so important today. Keep in mind that the voices you'll hear are from as far back as the late 1950s to the late 1960s. Say race relations to most white people and they want to talk about riots. Say race relations to most black people and they want to talk about discrimination or white racism. Although we've made progress, you'll be made painfully aware that it's simply not enough. I don't think when a man is being criminally treated that some criminal has the right to tell that man what tactics to use to get the criminal off his back. When a criminal starts misusing me, I am going to use whatever necessary to get that criminal off my back. And the injustice that has been inflicted upon Negroes in this country by Uncle Sam is criminal. Malcolm X talked about the very reason for Black Lives Matter. You've seen the headlines regarding abusive police practices and the killing of unarmed black people. There are those that question the tactics of Black Lives Matter and some that have even questioned as to why they haven't been labeled as a hate group. And if we tell you that Negroes are being shot down illegally, unjustly and those negroes should do something to protect themselves you say you're advocating violence admittedly there have been some on the fringes that have called for violence that doesn't discount the mission of the group as a whole we're nonviolent with people who are nonviolent with us but we are not nonviolent with anyone who is violent with us however one of the oldest tactics used to dissuade any movement for positive change is to divide and conquer. When you talk about the administration, when you talk about containment, you're talking about containing the, the acts of violence or near violence, or are you talking about containing the Negro's effort to secure for himself the equality that is the birthright of all people? We're talking about containing the militant struggle. Stop what you are doing, and let's go back to the old way of doing it by sitting around the table and uh, parceling out um, a few minor steps here and there. But this is not enough any longer. There always seems to be a need to dilute the effectiveness of any protest through either infiltration or propaganda. And if somebody tries to take you right to the root of your problem, they say that that man's a hate teacher. The All Lives Matter mantra is another perfect example of this. Now, we all know that all lives matter, but in the context of what's been happening to people of color, it comes off as disingenuous. Now, this was done back in the 60s during the Civil Rights Movement as well. The white power structure to slow down that uh, struggle for freedom and human dignity uses tricks. A hundred years ago, they could do it with chains. And one of the tricks that they've invented is is this token integration to give the so-called Negro leaders to accept the few token crumbs of integration that don't solve any problem for the masses of black people in this country whatsoever, but it does make the hand-picked Negroes uh, be satisfied to 
slow down the cry of the masses. Just as it was back then, there are some so-called leaders today that are indeed working against the interest of the masses. Black Lives Matter is also about the ongoing struggle for black autonomy, black power, if you will. It means dignity. It doesn't mean violence. It means integrity. It doesn't mean anti-white. It means pride in being black. It means you're willing to cooperate with your white brother and sister if they're going to cooperate with you in terms of giving you the same things that they have. And I contend that the cry of black power is at bottom a reaction to the reluctance of white power to make the kind of changes necessary to make justice a reality for the Negro. Watts, Los Angeles, Ferguson, St. Louis, all cities that erupted in violence as a partial response to what's been happening between blacks and the police. Unfortunately, they've also been the primary focus of those that want to discredit the overwhelming majority of peaceful protests. I think we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the economic plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. Just as it was back then, there's still a lot of denial as to the severity of the racial problem in America. If you look at social media, you're finding that more blacks are talking about arming ourselves as a means of protecting our families. Back in the day, such actions were considered radical or extreme. The rebellions that we see are merely dress rehearsals for the revolution that's to come. We better get ourselves some guns and prepare ourselves. Today, not so much. Increasing numbers will turn to violence if nonviolent methods fail. That is the threat America faces. Again, what's being presented here is not designed to scare anyone. My sole purpose is to show how the problems of the past, through the voices that articulated them, are still extremely relevant when discussing the racial issues of today. Now, any statements I make about race would be incomplete if I didn't point out some of the progress that's been made. I'm not talking about the obvious strides that some of us have made through various fields of endeavor. That's too easy, and it's also the argument some whites make without feeling the need to address the very root of the problem. No other racial group has been a slave on American soil. Uh, it's nice to say other people were down and they got up. The other thing is that the Negro has had high visibility. And because of the prejudices existing in this country, his color has been against him. It's been against him, uh, and they've used this to keep him from moving up. Luckily, we've had white allies throughout history that have always understood the problem and their role in solving it. White man says that I've done it on my own, I'll let the Negro do it. But he doesn't realize that the Negro has an outstanding characteristic of color and that uh, that makes him, in this country, unequal right from the beginning. Yeah, I feel that the, uh, the Negro feels neglected in the fact that we do have a double standard of law enforcement. There's going to have to be a drastic change of attitude among the whites. Uh, they're going to have to begin to respect Negroes as human beings instead of uh, just as a, a racial problem. One of the problems is that not enough of these allies are speaking forcefully enough. They're not holding other whites accountable. Not enough of us as black people are holding other blacks accountable when it comes to the ongoing fratricide in our communities. The question, and rightfully so, is being asked, if black lives matter, why do we continue to kill each other? 
What some that ask don't see are the ongoing efforts to stem the tide of violence in black communities that are as much a part of the Black Lives Matter movement as anything else. Then again, there is a painfully sobering reality that must also be dealt with because it's another uncomfortable truth of American history. I don't think that very much will be achieved nonviolently because the whole structure of the United States was built on violence and the white man acquired everything that he has today by violence. So I don't believe that the black man can be nonviolent and expect to achieve equality or anything else soon. At the end of the day, the question remains as it was asked almost 50 years ago. How long before there's complete equality of the races in this country? Some of the answers, depending on your point of view, are either hopeful or delusional. Either way, they're just as relevant now as they were back then. In the next 10 or 15 years, we will have equality if we can get enough unity together within the Negroes right now. We will feel fairly comfortable within 50 years. 10 years at the most. And if not, the whole heavens and earth is going to erupt with violence. You see, we are not going to take this anymore. So the question remains, how long will it be before we have true racial equality in this country? We're getting closer in that, just as in the past, white America is continuing to be exposed to our ongoing problems through the almost to the second pervasive nature of social media. You're seeing and hearing the thoughts of those that live these experiences every day, making it increasingly more difficult to turn a blind eye or bury your head in the sand. Media is getting a little better at recognizing the value of our stories, even if the reasons are for profit and ratings. The next question becomes, what are you going to do about it? Groups like Black Lives Matter are most effective when keeping these issues on the forefront of our collective consciousness. By continuing to pressure elected officials to address our concerns and by not selling out to those same officials through endorsements. Now, you can either continue to sit on the sidelines and do nothing, join the Black Lives Matter movement or any organization dedicated to fighting for the rights of those being oppressed, or you can do what so many Americans are already doing every single day continue to have those uncomfortable conversations about race and do what you can as an individual to make things better for all of us. Perhaps the worst thing that could happen in the context of all this is that I could play this very podcast a few years from now and it would be just as relevant then. I really would hate to do that because it would say more about this country and its hypocrisy than anything else. Pretty much what audio clips from 50 years ago say about us now. You've been listening to Gunshots Straight from the Hip, the podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and not representative of anyone else. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to leave them in the section below or send an email to markgunmedia at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Mark Gun Media. No hype, no hoopla. Just damn good work.